All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Deer Vane podcast. Today, we have two great friends of mine, actually, husband and wife, Parker, who a lot of you know if you guys have listened to the show for a long time. But his wife is on today, Brenda, and she is on because she knocked down an awesome eight point the other day. And it's a pretty cool story, really unique story um, on a piece of private ground that has a lot of pressure, a lot of different tree stands, a lot of different locations. So stick around. That's that's what we're talking about today. And then we're also going to dive into a little bit of Parker season, what he has going on. He's chasing a couple monsters that have been eluding him. Um, and then I got um, some some stuff that I want to tell you guys about in case you're interested in hearing about my season. Not that it's anything fantastic at the moment, but <laughs> my uh, my plan going up. So before we jump into the podcast, everyone, uh, I've just got to thank three sponsors real quick. Venado, um, Shop Venado, they make clothing, um, outdoor lifestyle apparel. Then we got Vector Custom Shop who make arrows. If you guys, seriously, if you are having problems shooting fixed blade broadheads, like I'm a big fixed blade broadhead guy. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't really uh, like mechanicals too much. And if you're switching to that for the surety of, of killing and better penetration, um, not, not, I shouldn't say killing, I should say better, better, better penetration and making sure that the blades are actually open, right? You don't get uh, Brendan Parker sitting here laughing at me, making sure that you don't get a little bullet hole, like a field tip. That's why I shoot fixed blades. I just want them to work. I want the surety of them to work. So, but the problem with them is it's hard to tune. Um, a lot of times you end up with, with issues tuning. And one of those things that can be a major issue is your arrow. So if you're unsure of how to do that whole process, reach out to Vector Custom Shop. They'll set you up with some arrows that are perfectly set up for your bow. You give them all your stats on your bow. They build an arrow for you so that it's going to tune. And then the rest is up to essentially where your rest is, how your grip is, your cam timing, things like that. But you can at least cross the arrow off the list. All right. So check out Vector Custom Shop. And the last one is Onyx Maps. Onyx does a phenomenal job at showing public and private land boundaries. Uh, they give you waypoints, they give you GPS, they give you offline capabilities, you have satellite maps, you have topo maps, phenomenal mapping um, resource to have on your phone, pretty much on it every day uh, during season and taking a look at wind directions where I want to sit and making my choices. So with that, those are our three sponsors hopping into the podcast. Thank you guys for hopping on, Brenda, Parker, P&B. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Parker, the big bad hunter is sitting here looking through trail cam photos and he's looking at this buck, like, man, not going to, not a hundred percent sure if I'd shoot that thing, but man, if I'm in the stand, I'd probably shoot that thing. And mm -hmm. then he's at home playing daddy daycare <laughs> and Brenda gives him a ring and she <laughs> shot this giant buck. So Brenda, let's go through this story. All right, so as we know, the ranch does have some pressure. So this was my first day that I got to get out this season. So I told everybody where I was gonna be to make sure there's no interruptions, no ATVs or side-by-sides going on the trails to, sure. to impact my hunt. Um, I Wait, started- Hold on a second, I, real quick. Um, how, Brenda, <laughs> how long, <laughs> let's just do, do a real quick, how long have you been hunting? How long have you oh. been hunting? bow hunting i how long have we been together <laughs> six and a like half six years, years. Yeah, that's okay. season yeah right. and you've got you've got a few deer on your boat and a couple nice bucks um 
at least Two, one yeah this is number three the tree and stairway yep right and that then one i got one can... from the food plot in the bottom that was that little five by three yep and last year i got a button book that i thought was a dough yep <laughs> and then okay. this year is obviously my biggest one to date yeah okay Awesome. I just want to give that context for anyone yeah. listening. I always like to start there. Um, and I forgot to ask you, so That's go okay. ahead. You, you, you had, you had picked out a stand, you let everybody, you screamed it from the rooftops, like, do not, please do not come over here. Correct. So okay. I, I started by hunting in the morning. Um, I went into what we call as our dry dam, just kind of in this bottom bowl. There's a pond below us. It was kind of a crazy windy day. I sat there for about an hour and a half before I just got very cold and ended up going back and just kind of frustrated because I really wanted to do an all day sit. This was my one day of not having to deal with Emily and <laughs> had daddy daycare lined up. So um, we decided or I decided to just hold off and wait and to go out for an afternoon evening sit. Um, and then I changed it up, let everybody know where my new location was that I was going to be sitting, which is going to be in pink caddy and they, um, family of ours had moved that stand last year. Mm -hmm. So I haven't sat in it before, but I knew exactly where it was. Um, just kind of overlooked, a, a, a trail. And then there was a cornfields to my left. And then there's a cornfields, probably 200 yards to my right down the trail more. Um, just nice, easy shooting for me. I don't like to shoot anything outside of 25. That's just kind of my comfort level and less, um, yeah. less than 20 is great. So, <laughs> um, so I knew all of our family was actually going to be gone, which was great. And then suddenly I hear a tractor and a mower cutting up some sod at the bottom field. And I was just so frustrated because everybody knew where I was sitting and this is so loud right by me. So I was talking to Parker and just trying to figure out what I should do. And just in frustration, asking about like, how do I do a hang and hunt? And like, let's go to public land. <laughs> Just, just pissed. <laughs> oh, man. So he he told me to go to the rock pile, which is probably what 300 yards. Yeah, probably up, not even 200, not, 250. Maybe. Yeah, just kind of up and over over a hill into another wooded area. Um they moved his brother-in-law moved the stand. So I had no clue where the new spot was. So Parker just kind of texted me a general idea, find this path, take it in, and you'll walk right to it. So I'm going in blind. It was, it was super windy, thank God, because I probably stepped on so many sticks and made so much different noise just trying to get in there that I for sure thought I was going to get busted. Found the stand and it was a ladder going straight up and then a hang on off to my left. Um, I, it was a, so it was like a double stand? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so I ended up just kind of figuring out my comfort level where I feel like I would be more comfortable shooting where I would have better lanes. So I decided to stay in the ladder stand, um, which would have been facing the, like the rock pile road going to the tenure. Facing South, actually. South? Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I only had like one kind of big shooting area, which was like less than 15 yards perfect so, uh, <laughs> i had no confidence going into sitting in this stand just frustrated so um at four o'clock i was in pink caddy moved to this new stand got set up by like 4 45 and i just winded down grunted didn't hear anything didn't expect to 
then just sitting there texting Parker frustrated. And at about 5.30, I just let out a couple, couple grunts again. And I hear something and I like slowly turn and the big, the tree is huge. So I kind of had to like peek around it to see what was behind me. And I just see this big, big frame. I'm like, oh my God, this, this is the guy. I got to shoot this thing. So, so he's got to come up like this little. One of those, one of those no questions, just like, yeah, yep. <laughs> I just saw G2s. So he starts coming up this rocky point. I have my bow ready. I drew back and I was just waiting and I'm trying to think things through my head. Okay. Think of exit, like make sure he's broadside. You need to, you need to grunt, get him to stop. <laughs> just going through all my Parker things in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally comes up and he was less than 10 yards. I grunted, he stopped. And I like took my, took the time to make sure I had like the positioning, right. And I let her rip and he did a meal kick and he just ran back the way he came, which was towards the pink caddy stand. So he had to be bedded somewhere in that bowl and never busted him, thankfully. So he ran back and, and I knew I smoked him and I just felt great about the shot. And, uh, instantly, like, as soon as he was out of my sight, I called Parker he thought I was calling him because I couldn't find the stand. And he's like, I, just shot, I just shot a buck. I just shot a big buck. Oh my God. And he's like, Hey, you need to breathe. You need to calm down. You need to whisper first yeah. of all. It's like, take video where you think he went. Like, just wait 15 minutes before you get down. So got off the phone with him. He had to scramble up all the kids to figure out how, what he was going to do to try to come and help me find this deer. <laughs> so he didn't only have our daughter, who was almost 18 months. He also had our niece and nephew, which are just crazy toddlers on the go. Um, so then we ended up, uh, I waited five minutes before I got down to at least check my arrow. <laughs> 15 was way too long. Yep. I checked my arrow, took a picture of it, sent it to him. It was great blood on it. Like it was through and through. I just, I felt good. So then he wanted to wait because his, his sister and brother-in-law were also hunting and they wanted to come blood trailing with us. But I, I just had this feeling like I knew he was down. Like I heard him run off, again, got, got on my site and I heard the crash. So I knew he was down. So I decided to carry on without him. <laughs> and didn't follow any blood path. I just kind of knew the general area that he was. It was kind of like a opened, open woods, I think, yeah, once once easy. you were in there. So it was pretty easy to see. Um, I got about 40 yards and I could see him. So I decided to FaceTime Parker and <laughs> FaceTimed him kind of walking up to my deer. And I was like, here he is. Like, I got him. Oh. And yeah, he probably only went 60 yards total from where I shot him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Heck so yeah. It, it reminds me of like when you and Parker were hunting and you had a last minute change your stand from the yeah. pig pond, from above the pig pond in the pig pond. And it worked out, you know, it was just right. frustration of having to move and, and it ends up working out to your advantage. Right. I mean, I, I think I've told Parker this before, but some of my best, best hunts have been the worst like setups, like, oh my God, I'm late. I'm being loud. I'm being noisy. You're in the stand for 10 minutes and it's like, oh my God, there's a deer. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, to your, to your point, exactly when we, when Parker and I made that shift, like we were up hunting a cornfield and this is a, this is a YouTube video too. We filmed this whole thing, 
we were up hunting a cornfield watching, I don't know, 90 turkeys out in this damn field. <laughs> yeah, like it was outrageous how many turkeys <laughs> were out there. Um, and then we were planning on the wind being one direction. The wind just kind of changed direction on us. So we dropped down into from the ridgetop down into the bowl of what we call the pig pond. And in that process, Parker flat out dropped my $3,000 camera down the whole ladder stand. I was just like, oh my God. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah. So well, let's hope it works, right? So anyway, good thing cannons are built like a brick. So I mean, that thing still worked, right? So I would say, yeah, when we hopped down into the pig pond, set up and I don't know, we were in there for 30 minutes. And then that big... Yeah, mm -hmm. that big sucker came through. I thought it was a squirrel. Parker looks at me and goes, that's a big fucking squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that's awesome. Good for you, V. I yeah. heard it. I heard it second story from Parker. So secondhand <laughs> from Parker. So I wanted that. I wanted to hear yeah. it from you too. Um, so now I would like, that's, that's awesome. Congrats. Um, so it's a, it's a big eight point, right? Yeah, tell them about it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a uh, trail camera pictures of him and we have his sheds from last year. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, he, if it is the same deer, I mean, he blew up from yeah. last year. Um, his G2s are over 12 inches each. Um, Parker measured him today and he was 136. Yeah, 136 and some change. Just over nice. 18 inch spread. How many, how big of a spread? Just over 18 inches. Okay. And he had, yeah, over 12 inch G2s, like 12 and a quarter, 12 and an eighth. And G3s were like, one was like seven and one was like five, five and a half yeah. or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yes. So when it was nice, like... nice, wide, clean eight. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know Parker, Parker told me, he goes, yeah, from trail cam photos, he was on the edge. And then when I saw him in real life, it's like, oh yeah, I would have shot him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and actually me and my brother-in-law, Dylan, back in August, it was whenever we did our last trail camera run before we went out west, we were driving around on the UTV checking cameras and on the rock pile, we saw a deer, like we kicked up a deer when we were going by it and we rounded the corner and he, that same deer was standing right there in full velvet, less than 20 yards from us. And I mean, we watched him for basically like three four minutes until we drove away because he was just standing there so we got a really good look of him in full velvet actually but i was like well i don't know when he sheds his velvet we'll have to see it's kind of i mean a, they always look bigger in velvet right yeah yeah i think but still but, i mean we knew he was a nice deer and like i say I, I i got his sheds from last year and last year he was pretty borderline small i mean nice like 100 or 100 yeah probably yeah again really nice tall g2s but his g3s were probably only two inches maybe sure well he like he's got the exact same frame and characteristics this year but he's just like Be handsome yeah. yeah he's real nice ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, no that's awesome um so okay and and i want to outline the the location of this a little bit better because um I know that when in talking with Parker, there was some behind the scenes stuff that that rock pile stand had been there for, for years. And yeah. I, I, you know, I hunt this, pro I've hunted this property too many, many times and I've walked it with you. We've talked about where to hang stands, where to put stands, where these deer are moving and all this. And, um, and can you, can one of you give me an overview 
of like the terrain that we're looking at here. Um, and, and we need to, yeah, Parker, Parker can do that. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, you got to describe it, describe it so people can visualize this as, as they're listening, because yeah. one of the, the thing that's important about this is the bedding areas in which these deer are using relative to the food sources. Cause they are like, yeah. uh, they are within what like 80 yards of like six different food sources for them. Yeah. So it's, it's a really unique position. Um, so I just want to lay that out for everybody. Cause I know there's a lot of people who hunt crop ground and essentially the deer can go anywhere at some point. So mm -hmm. rather than hunt those food sources and have a one in six chance, you have a much better odds of hunting a bedding area and having a one out of one chance in that scenario, assuming they bed there. Right. So, yeah. all right, take that, take that, uh, take that away, Parker. Yeah. So this area We'll call it a ridge that runs west to east. There's, it's actually kind of northwest to southeast, but just for ease, we'll call it west to east. Um, and it's really a small wooded patch up, up high on the ridge, at least. It's probably 100 yards long, you know, before it drops off steep on the west side. And then on the east side, it opens into a agricultural field this year uh soybeans this year yeah, right. so, it's a so, big, it's, so essentially it's a ridge top that's got a huge field on it yep like if yep. i'm picturing this west is on the left east is on the right you got mm -hmm. a huge crop ground on the top of this ridge and then yep. on the west side you said it goes about 100 yards before it drops off pretty steep yep it's like a 100 okay. yard wooded like oak kind of it kind of flattens out and there's there's a lot of oak trees and there's these large rocks kind of just scattered kind of they, yeah they almost they almost run even with the ridge but then they also hook around and run north south close to the field edge so it almost makes a bowl just with rock formations okay just a bunch and they're of like boulders they're, yeah they're big i mean the size of a, a garage car. right oh. or like a car yeah they're, <laughs> okay. they're big rocks and then, uh, like I say, beyond that, it drops off really steep on, and that's actually the neighboring properties, that hillside. So it's kind of a nice, like, pinch point right there as far as the wooded area goes. Um, and we used to have the stand, I'll call it in the middle or maybe more to the west even, maybe two-thirds of the way to, across of it. And a lot of times what was happening and the only act, well, not the only access, but the way we access is it basically cut straight across that field. Um, and when you hit the wood line, there's actually an ATV trail that runs kind of down and then runs parallel with the ridge. And we'd walk in on that ATV trail and then cut up to the stand. And a so lot you, of times- Okay. So I'm just picturing this in my head. It's a, it's a ridge that runs west to east. You're coming in from the east, walking all the way across that crop field dropping down to the south a little bit, mm -hmm. getting on that ATV trail. And then that ATV trail kind of wraps around that ridge as it, as the ridge yep. bends. And yep. then you, you drop down on that ATV trail, then you head back north to mm -hmm. get to the stand. And that stand is kind of even with that ridge line in a sense. Yeah. yeah. In the yep. path, it's basically the right on too. the stand is right on top of the ridge in the rocks. Okay. And the ATV trail is just like 30 or 40 yards down below it to the south. Okay. Got so it. we we used to walk in on that ATV trail and have to walk in, you know, 
75 yards or 60 yards or whatever it was and then cut up and actually cut back because there's a fence line mm -hmm. an old fence line that just ease of access was to cut back so you end up walking a majority of that rocky ridge and you're like you're exposed right to the deer and what we were noticing is we we're constantly especially if you're going to go there for an afternoon sit constantly kicking deer out of that rock rock ridge they're bedding in there very regularly and a lot of times we started wondering it's like if they're bedded right on top they could just pop right over the back side of it you're not going to hear them you're not going to see them they're just gone so it ended up not it was never a very good afternoon stand it was a dynamite morning stand and that was how we hunted it most of the time because there all these deer are coming back to bed and feeding on acorns that were you know scattered around the whole ridge and mm -hmm. it was awesome but never really had that great of luck in the evenings so what we ended up doing and we liked we liked being in the middle because i mean it's one of those ridges where there's like a dozen trails that run across the thing so it's kind of like okay let's just get in the middle of all of them basically that's kind of really the only reason we had to stand where it was but instead i wanted to move it closer to the field edge there was one main very large trail probably 50 yards in and it went north south just up and over the ridge there was like it's almost like a saddle built into the rocks right there so they were just using that i mean a majority of the deer that we'd see come would come up and over that ridge right there so we ended up basically moving the stand so it was 30 yards to the east of that so it was essentially between that trail and the field and I think what that allowed is like I say the deer are using that as a as a bedding area a lot of times with like any kind of north wind they would bed just kind of on the south side of those rocks that rock ridge or sometimes even like right in the rocks it seemed like and with the south wind is vice versa they bed on the north side of those and then right in the rocks as well so with a south wind we were basically screwed with that old location because your wind would be blowing right into them as you're walking in especially right. and with an it was a it was good for north wind if you could get in there when they weren't bedded there <laughs> but and then west wind it was bad because it would be blowing essentially right at the rocks um and then right. east wind, east wind was good but east wind is so rare around here that you know you'd only get it one or two days a season maybe don't worry but, we have it on monday and tuesday it's fine i, I saw I that. it i absolutely hate it anyway <laughs> yeah so moved it basically so the thought was we would be east and kind of maybe south of most of the bedding so any any westerly wind any northerly wind we'd be perfect for it which is around here you know majority of majority of the time right and fyi mm -hmm. everybody we're hunting southwestern wisconsin driftless yes. area yep yep very right. heavy very yeah if you want to know like what that country looks like, um, the meat eater, he hunts, Steve Ranella hunts with Doug Duran. That's probably like an hour ish from the property that we hunt. So go ahead. Anyway. Yeah. So the thought was to kind of relocate the stand and really only target. There was like two or three trails, but the thought was we'd have a way better wind. We might see more deer, they might be more out of range, but who cares? At least we're not gonna just blow this area up every time we sit. What you writing down, Brenda? I can hear that Sharpie rolling. 
<laughs> she's gonna go get more wine okay perfect all right need a bit <laughs> wine breaks are 100 percent acceptable in the podcast wine whiskey beer anyway yeah. Yeah, so okay so yeah we had the you move the stand so essentially any north wind or any west wind you'd be golden in the yeah. morning or the evening yes exactly and it's nice because those rocks i mean the deer really like you find beds like crazy in those rocks and it's it's a great spot for them because they can have the wind coming up one entire hillside and then they're looking off the other hillside like it's a very sharp ridge i'll call it where there's only probably five five or ten yards and then it's dropping off on both sides five or ten yards of flatness and then it's dropping off. okay so they can be very feel very safe in there but those rocks are also big enough that it really obscures their view like if they're in them i guess right so we had the the trail kind of the new and the new stand kind of actually comes more from the north and drops a little bit to the south as we're working west into the woods and the thought is there's just a there's an enormous rock basically on that corner that you're kind of staying behind a lot of the time so you really have really good cover as long as you can get to the woods you know without alerting them right um so that was kind of the thought behind it i and then my like i say i, I explained how i wanted it to my brother-in-law and he actually is the one that set it up a weekend that i wasn't there and I still haven't even sat in the thing, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we've done some drive-bys. I've looked at it. It looks, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's perfect. Uh, and, so, so is it closer to the field edge than it was before? Yeah. By quite a bit. Like you could, you could shoot the field edge. Now it's probably 35, 40, 35, 40 yards. There's not many. We didn't trim a whole lot of lanes though we still have some okay. trimming to do you also can't shoot the atv trail the road anymore um except for where the road meets the field there's a huge lane that they trimmed out right there and it's like 40 45 yards so it's kind of like well okay desperation at that maybe <laughs> but gotcha. uh, okay yeah. but everything i mean close and then like i say that big trail that comes up and over the saddle um, is all like perfect 30 yards or less. Um, and, and again, there's a ton of oaks in there just piling acorns in. they've been dropping since like July. I mean, drive, just driving on the road right there. It's just full of acorns. Um, so I think they were also using that as like, just kind of a, you know, pre-dinner kind of place as they're going mm -hmm. out. So, so yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So then, and the pink caddy in relation to that, Mm -hmm. is on the north side of that west to east that ridge, ridge right? yeah yep so brenda when you were in the pink caddy what kind of wind did you have it was very windy <laughs> it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was like a west it was like a west northwest wind that day and yeah it was windy like 15 17 18 mile an hour winds um, I think in that pink caddy stand, it was probably very more West. Okay. Um, just I guess, yeah, my thought being, because you had said, Brenda, you had said that that buck was between you and the stand at some, like, I mean, that's where he, that's where he came from. So he had yeah. to be in there. So essentially 
like when you were in the pink caddy on the north side of that ridge, you walked up to the top of that ridge yep. and then back down it a little ways and then yep. dropped. So you came from the north, went to the south and then dropped, went to the west to get into there. Yes. And in that, a, he was somewhere in the him. woods. Yeah, he was somewhere in the woods. So A, you didn't spook him via sight and B, you didn't spook him via wind. No. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Or sound. And, and the, it was super windy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so then. Okay. And then you got in there and yeah, you grunted when you got in there first, right? Yes. Right yep. away. Yeah. Cause it was so windy and loud that I just, I don't know. It felt no. right. <laughs> okay. Sure. That's fine. I, I mean, I was intuition... settled, I'm like, let's get this road on the, the show on the road. Right. Yeah. No intuition works great in the deer woods. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so you, you grunted and then hung out and nothing happened and he grunted again. And then all of a sudden he was just like there. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So and he had to be pretty and... darn close to you. Yeah. yeah. He, when I turned and saw him walking towards me, I mean, he was 25 yards, like coming straight to me. So it was, oh, man. he was close yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. right away. <laughs> yeah. My, my thought there is he was probably bedded in those rocks and mm -hmm. she just didn't see him until literally he got in an opening right yeah oh that's i mean because yeah again it happened at 5 30 what was the day october 18 or 17 or something like that it was saturday yeah so i mean we're talking like kind no. of mid early pre-rut range right yeah. I, I like the pre i like to call the pre-rut like the 20th to the 30th right yeah, yeah. that's my personal so it's kind of like early pre-rut right. Kind of, um, but he's probably, I mean, he's probably getting, he's probably one of those bucks. It seems like, you know, those three and a, I would imagine he's close to three and a half. That's what I'd put him in. Yeah. 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 So it seems like those, those two and a half, three and a half year old bucks, um, they're more aggressive right away. Like they're aggressive, more aggressive sooner. Those more mature bucks are kind of like, ha ha, you go, you yeah. go play, you go play early. Like I know there's no dough yeah. and estrus yet. Yeah, I'll, you know? I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll see you when the time's right. I'm still going to conserve my energy here. Um, but so, I mean, I, I would imagine that he was sitting there and he was, then you, then he heard your, he probably didn't hear it the first time. Um, but then the second time he heard that he was like, Oh, okay. Well, mm -hmm somebody's like coming up to my bedding area or someone's up in here trying to mess. And I mean, uh, the other thing was, did you kick out any does when you went to look for him? B? Nope. No. So he was all on his own. Yep. That is one thing that's come up a lot in the podcast lately. And this is for not just you guys, but everyone listening. Like a lot of the guys that I talked to, we have, after I get off the podcast, like we have half hour to hour long conversations after the podcast is over and just talking random stuff. And a lot of the conversations we're having are about the fact that when these guys are killing these big deer, they don't see any other deer. Yeah. Like most of them are like, yeah, if I, if I'm killing a big, if I kill a big buck, it's usually the only deer I see that day. And it's just because <laughs> they, they tend to credit it towards these bucks are loners. They like to live alone. They like to depend on themselves. Whereas doe groups and younger bucks um, like to group up. They depend on a herd mentality to survive where these bigger dogs are like, nah, I got it. I get it. I got it. I'm good. And this buck was probably on that verge of class of like, no, I'm on my own. I'm good. Everyone stay away from me. Like I'm, I'm going to be a boss this year. Yeah. 
that was wrong. <laughs> Came in looking I for showed a bike. You. <laughs> Got some carbon to the lungs. That works. Um, so no, that that's really cool. And the other thing I wanted to point out is, I mean, Parker, how long had that rock pile stand been there before you guys moved it? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's been it was there, there before yeah, I that's even probably there. been there for seven or eight years. And then there was actually, we actually know long because we had another stand just basically on the tree right next to it, an old wooden ladder stand for as long as I can remember. I mean, basically since I started hunting. Yeah. And that's that stand, honestly, we might have moved again to another tree that was right next to it like in order to get it to that one mm -hmm. so it's like there's been a tree stand in that mm -hmm. spot for 20 years yeah didn't you say too that because dylan sat there the night before me my brother-in-law but didn't he mm -hmm. kick out a doe yeah so dylan, that, brenda was the second time anyone has sat since we moved it and my brother-in-law sat there friday the night before and he said he while he was climbing up his up the stand or maybe right after he got into it one or the other he kicked up a doe that was bedded like 30 yards away or 40 yards away that must have just saw him once he got up high enough and exposed from the rocks and she kind of scooted off and then he was sitting there and maybe 10 or 15 minutes later he like basically watched another buck or a, a buck a stand up from in the rocks and just kind of like it was looking at him but then it would like feed and then it would look at him again and then feed and then just kept like working away from him so mm. it's like they were they were bedded there one cared and one really didn't he, <laughs> he never got a look at like the size of that buck uh, it's still I mean it was pretty leafy thick out where it's yeah. tough to see more than you know 50 60 yards but no, I, I mean, that's a, that's pretty cool. One thing that uh, on our earlier podcast with Jake Bush, he was saying that he has had does run by mature bucks and those mature bucks, like you never know what spooks a doe or a, or a, or a fawn or a spike, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it could be a raccoon, like, yeah. you know, it could be a possum. It could be a woodpecker. That's too loud. Like who the hell knows? Yeah. And I think those, I think those mature deer know that. And mm -hmm. so when that doe took off, that buck probably looked at the doe and was like, well, I don't smell anything wrong. Like, yeah. I don't, my spider sense is not tingling. So whatever, like you guys can scoot um, mm -hmm. and probably just hung out. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention there was, and this is something that we all fall trapped to because humans ourselves, we're people of habits. We like to do things very similarly year over year. We don't like a whole lot of change. Mm -hmm. um, and that tree stand had been in that, like, you know, area, 10 yard radius for 20 mm -hmm. years and no one had moved it. Right. And then you guys come along and now you're in a spot that you're watching deer get up out of, out of their bed. Right. And the how same, far are you like, way. how, how many yards are you from the previous stand now? 15. No, we're farther. We're probably 75. Oh, isn't that far? Whoops. 75. Because that trail, that trail basically, and this, that saddle trail basically was the middle okay. or like split it. It used to be like 30 yards from that trail. Now it's mm. 30 yards the other direction. So maybe it's okay. yeah, 60, 60 yards, 70 yards somewhere. Okay. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, 
that's one of those moves that, that everybody listening, like if you've been hunting private ground and you've been hunting a stand or a, like there's, but you've had the stands in the same spot for mm-hmm. 10 years or five years or 15 years, they take a look at those different options, mm-hmm. you know, cause clearly you guys have moved it to a better location. And especially if you have a high wind day, like you had be like, when you get up in that tree, the movement that you're causing doesn't can't it's it's much less effective to that deer because it's so disrupting them yeah so it could be a spot that you guys are looking at in the future like hey guys like this stand is freaking dynamite but let's not use it unless it's like a 12 mile an hour or better wind yeah and and you can get in there in the evening and knock something out or if you can get in there you know an hour before dark and just wait for them to come in right 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 yeah and that's, and those are the stands that everybody hopes for and everybody wishes for, like the dynamite stands that you can go mm-hmm. to and have like 95% confidence that you're going to see something. That's right. what everyone right. wants, but being able to, you know, the other, the, the other fear there is yes. Yeah. You hunt it too much. And all of a sudden those deer understand that that's where you're hunting and they quit yeah. bedding there. Yeah. Right. And well, that's, uh, I mean, to that point, the funny part is where Dylan, my brother-in-law, saw those deer, he said, we're basically right underneath where the stand used to be. Like they were bedded right there. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like, well, were they bedding there the whole time? And again, before we'd even get to the stand, they were just bailing over the edge and we just would never see them. They might have been bedding there the whole time. Dude, that could have been their defensive strategy. It's yeah, like exactly. just go sit right under their stand. I'm going to know. Yeah, I'm going to know when he's here, <laughs> right? I know exactly when he's here. So yeah, yeah. and have, so I. This is kind of a, a mean question, but I know you've thought about it. Um, have you thought about making that a hanging hunt spot so no one else sits it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and well, there's a couple spots kind of on the back side of that ridge towards the. Uh, towards the neighboring property and the north side of that ridge that yeah probably come like november 8th 9th i might be uh, sitting there all day one day <laughs> right popping in because that was one of the that was one of the things um tom milsna and i talked about on the last podcast was uh and for everyone listening this is going to air i think this is going to air tuesday of next week which is october 26th or something like that i think yeah, 26. I got one scheduled for Monday, the 25th, and this will be the 26th. And we're recording this on the 20th. Um, but Tom Milsna and I talked about that after the podcast. And that was one of his major strategies, hunting a thousand acres with 17 other people hunting it. He didn't want other people to know. And they're not even, but he, you know, his other people aren't family, but even then, like, yeah, you know, all of a sudden one of your other family members are like, dude, this stands awesome. I'm going to sit here every day for five days straight and just on an East wind, like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. cause they want to hunt the field, not the woods. Right. And all of a sudden you're just blowing that thing out. Yeah. For that sure. is, for sure. I mean, I've, I've done hanging hunts. I mean, the past couple of years now I've been doing hanging hunts sometimes within 20, 30 yards of an existing stand just okay. to like, change it up a little bit or have access to one different trail or or whatever Mm -hmm. it is but has that has has that been helpful at all like have you been seeing as far as as far as seeing deer yeah but i mean i've had a kind of a couple year uh dry spell here with but i've been pretty picky too so it's hard to say (laughs) 
right? <laughs> yeah, no, and that's that's that is true. Um, that is one of I'm those things that's like, thing. okay, if I move if I move the stand thirty yards or forty yards, am I going to see more or am I going to screw it up? I think I think a lot of people tend to look at mobile hunting as only a public land thing, right? And and I, I think it's absolutely like not like it is, oh, yeah. especially in your scenario. And even my, like my property, like we bought the property and it's 110 acres. And I went out and bought 14 fucking tree stands. Yeah. I have three hung up yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I have been doing almost all mobile because mm-hmm. one of the things that I, I'm ter- I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm terrified of. I just don't want to hang a set to have it be in the totally wrong spot or a terrible spot to have mm-hmm. to tear down the set and then move it and then move mm-hmm. it again. And so this will be my third year hunting it. Um, I've had great opportunities. I haven't been able to seal the deal. Um, mm-hmm. First year I had one opportunity at 30 yards at Groot who turned out to be a 163 inch monster. If you guys follow me on Instagram at all, you know, I found that um, Parker found that uh, this spring um, that, that non-typical buck. He's crazy cool. Uh, the neighbor called him whale tail. And initially my initial thought was like, F that guy, like he wounded the buck. He didn't look hard enough and he trespassed. He didn't ask for permission. He did. It was after the fact I caught him on trail cameras and I was like, Hey, what's up? You know? And so I was like, nah, I'm keeping this. And I've had it for about six months now. And I don't feel any attachment to it. So mm-hmm. I actually was talking to another guy in the area and he was like, you know, if you like, if you found that thing and you gave him a call, he'd at least love to see it. He'd probably like to keep it. And in that moment, I was like, you know what, if that means, if this means more to him than anything than me, I might as well give it to him. Cause it, you know, and I, so I, so I sent him pictures of it. He calls me up instantly, like within 30 seconds of that thing going through. And he's like, Oh my God, you found him. Yada, yada. I was like, yeah, yeah. Do you want him?" And he was like, oh, no, no, like you can keep them. You found them. You know, it's totally fine. And three days later, he texted me and he was like, hey, you know, if you're still open to me having that, like I, I, I'd actually really enjoy having that head. <laughs> so but anyway, awesome. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and he's a really cool dude and I'm sure it'll pay uh, honestly in a selfish way. I'm sure it'll pay dividends in the future, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and I and we also started talking trail cam photos. So he started telling me about some of the deer that he's getting, which I think are coming off of his property and under ours. So it creates a good, good scenario, goodwill, goodwill scenario all the way around. But essentially, you know, year one, I had a chance at him and whiffed. Um, year two, uh, I didn't whiff on him. I just never shot because I just, it was the first time hanging hunt on a piece of private ground and didn't trim lanes. And he was just walking through brush pretty much the whole time. Like in the, the stuff that was in front of me, it was like, it was too far for me to reach out and, and get it yeah. with my handsaw. Like mm-hmm. even like fully extended with the safety harness, holding me to the tree. Right. <laughs> Couldn't get it. Like, like, you know, someone's looking at that wanting to call OSHA on me <laughs> type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I still couldn't get it. And that buck just walks right through that lane. But um but yeah, that was year one, year two. I had a great encounter with um, a buck I call Blitz, split brow tines, um, big 10 point at 10 yards. Couldn't get a shot at him. He had me pinned. I was on the ground and then I missed uh, a G2 buck. But now like I'm starting to figure out where these deer are really liking to hang. 
um, and how they're using the property. And then I'll start putting up stands. But I think even then, you know, one of the, one of the big things I have in my favor is that I control the pressure on the property. Like my dad is, we bought the property. My dad's turned it over to me and said, you pick who hunts, who doesn't hunt, where they hunt, how they hunt, all that stuff. It's totally cool. Mm-hmm. And he, and he says that, and then he's like, oh yeah, I gave this guy permission to bunny hunt. Oh, I gave this guy permission to run his beagles. Oh, I gave this guy permission to coyote hunt. Oh, this other guy's coming in. I got another guy, Bobcat hunting this year. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I gave this guy, he, sh- he should call you. Don't, don't worry. You know? He hasn't called me or anything. And it's, it's funny because he says that. And then he does that. And my dad's just too nice. Like yeah, yeah. a stranger would roll up and ask. Well, him he's like, like oh, your dad. Yeah. <laughs> they're best and, they're, buds. and they're not deer hunting. So how's it going to, how's it going to negatively impact? Right? Exactly. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so uh, once I get all these pieces kind of uh, lined up, then I'll start hanging these stands. But at the same time, I, I do think it's um, it's important to, to stay mobile and, and have that mobile setup so you can pop into an area that a deer has never seen you before. Like, I think that's, that's important, especially if you're hunting private ground where the stands have been in the same spots for the last 10 years, even the last five years, like they figure that shit out. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you hear it, you hear it all the time. People say, you know, the best time to kill the buck is the first sit you have in your stand, right? Right. So guys will guys will hang these permanent setups and be all excited for the first sit. And then it's like, well, then this the thing sits there for four or five, six, ten years, whatever. With a mobile setup, every every sit theoretically is your first sit. So it's like right. the, deer, the deer are just not expecting anything. Right. right. Like you're totally yeah. catching them off guard. Or yeah, at least, yeah. Or if you have those permanent sets, like you have to hunt them very specifically and sparingly on very specific right. time frames where you, we have very high confidence to kill. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's one of those, uh, you're gonna, you said, Oh, I remember you telling me once, um, out by your parents' house, you said you would not believe the trails that are right out of eyesight of the house. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm because it's like just over that edge or just a little bit further. And I, I, and I know I've seen this on the ranch at your guys's place. And I've seen it other pieces that I've traveled is like these people who have stands in the same location year over year over year, you can almost like put it to a T like go over that one Ridge where your stand is. And there's going to be a trail right out, right outside skirting you. Oh yeah. 100%. And I know. Yeah. You've talked about that, like uh, kind of in the nosebleed, and mm-hmm. above the food plot on um, the other side, the CRP field side, like up in there. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody, I don't think any of your family listens to this. So they, I don't, I don't think they'll know that what we're talking about. I here. don't think they know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is one of the nicest things about, you know, for everybody listening, like deer camp is typically held at, at Parker's Parker's family's place. <laughs> we have our own place. It's 10 minutes down the road, but we always head over there for uh for cards and drinks and telling stories and all that euchre and yeah playing euchre playing buck euchre um six handed <laughs> yeah just just having a good old time um and uh it is they are the washes are that family that's like what's a, a face in a book like what is that how does that go together like why would you put your face in a book 
You know, that's like the salty there type of guys that you're like, yeah. I mean, we don't have Facebook, yeah, so sorry, right. Who's <laughs> yeah, what is Facebook? <laughs> right. So exactly. That's that's the fun part about them. And um just just great people. So um yeah, I think that I think the mobile, the mobile setup is really important on if you had obviously I've said this a few times, it's really important even on private ground. Um was there was there anything else um in that in that story in your story B that you thought was like really helpful or beneficial or anything we want to point out before we move on to the next story to the next thoughts or anything like that just have a husband a very supporting husband <laughs> tells you where to go <laughs> no I'd, I'd say don't be don't be afraid to move yeah if, if you're sitting in a stand and things for whatever reason just aren't going your way yeah don't be afraid to just pack up and leave like yeah try go, somewhere, go else. somewhere else mm -hmm. yeah. you got nothing to lose i mean there it's it's way better than sitting in a stand and being pissed off all night and constantly wishing you would have moved versus or the what ifs yeah i mean it, i mean why why ruin a hunt you know that's that's not why you're out there you're out there to yeah. enjoy yourself enjoy nature whatever you want to call it so if you're in a spot that's whatever you want to call it tainted <laughs> or you're not feeling it you get in there uh, and you're yeah. just like i'm not feeling i'm not just, feeling this. yeah just leave yeah go somewhere else yeah. it doesn't yeah. it could be it could be 45 minutes before dark or two mm -hmm. hours or whatever it's gosh i can't think of who has the slogan but it's like it just takes 10 seconds right oh yeah it does. That's, it's like an elk hunting like the born and raised guys i think say that yeah mm -hmm. like you could be any, having just the worst possible day ever elk hunting in 10, 10 seconds, seconds all of a sudden it's amazing yeah yeah right i mean i only hunted my first day hunting this year was Saturday, hunted an hour and a half in the morning and hunted an hour and a half in the afternoon. And I'm, I have my buck. Out. <laughs> it's just so I'm crazy because sure. he's hunted so, so many days. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I just got very, very lucky. So it's not how it always goes, but yeah, just making that change, making that move to, to the new stand. I mean, not even knowing where I was going. I mean, that, I feel like that is something too, that you just don't know what you're going to walk into. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's how a lot of hanging hunts are. You know, you just, you find a tree, it looks good. The wind feels right. Like the spot looks good. You don't know what's going to happen. Could be great. Could be crappy. All right. Yeah. Failure is our best teacher, right? Yeah. <laughs> great point B. Yeah. And I know, I know one of the, one of the hunts Parker and I were on last year. Um, I think I was, I don't I can't remember who was filming who I think I was filming you. I think it was one of those days and man, we walked the ATV trail. I walked back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then we ended up sitting in the ditch stand. Oh, like we yeah. probably, we left the cabin at three o'clock. And if you went from the cabin yeah. to the ditch stand, you'd be there by three 30. Right. I think we left at three o'clock and we rolled into the ditch stand at about five. Yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> we had, we like, we were set up and it was prime time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it was like instant like okay we're in it shut up be quiet yeah. we're sitting for 45 minutes here and we had that giant buck yeah um we had one buck come burning in in that last 45 minutes and and he was downwind spelling whatever in the creek he didn't smell us at all 
um actually he was kind of upwind of us or downwind of us yeah and he was smelling i don't know how he didn't smell us it, the thermals from the creek had yeah. to have stopped everything for us but then a giant stood up and started chasing a doe around and this was like i don't know mid-november or something um at like i don't know 60 70 yards just through the trees and if they would have made if they turned left if they would have turned right we would have been in the money mm-hmm. you know and that took that Parker was following my lead on that and took me two hours to figure out where the hell to sit. But (laughs) I just didn't, I didn't have confidence in the other spot. You know, I put a stick on a tree and I was like, this is where we're sitting. And then I just was like, I got, I think I got like two or three sticks up. I was like, Nope, Nope, not doing this. It doesn't look good. Don't (laughs) like it. We're pulling out. We're going back down there. You know, I think I did that a few times. Yeah. Then we get like 50 (laughs) yards and be like, no, let's go back and do it. And like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> yep, is is terrible. But anyway, I mean, it works out, right? And it all it all works out. Some of our some of our worst hunts are our best hunts. Yeah. So, uh, with that, B, you'd mentioned Parker been trying so hard. Parker, what's what's going on, dude? I've only sat three days, for the record, three <laughs> times. So. <laughs> I don't know where all this time spent is coming from. Well, you seem like you can okay. go in there more often. Yeah, I was on daddy duty the one time. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, last year by October, you know, 20th, you had fucking yeah. 30 sits in, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah, probably more. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit different this year, but I did start the season in Colorado. Yeah. So that cut a week out or more. That's fair. And then it's just been hot. It's been hot and kind of crummy. I've had no real desire. I mean, I've been itching to get out there, but not that bad when it's 65, 70 degrees in mid-October. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of picking my days careful. Um, I think the first day I went, I tried a ground sit back in the pig pond. Oh yeah. And caught a glimpse basically of a deer right at last light. And that was about the highlight of it. It was so thick. I could only see probably 30 yards. And my second sit, I tried a decoy, uh, a buck decoy on a field edge already once. First time ever trying that. Didn't see a deer. (laughs) 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 I'm not ruling the decoy out, but that was a little bit interesting that was a field i was expecting to see some deer come into <laughs> okay but uh so that yeah that didn't go so hot and then oh i've sat four times because another sit just kind of tried a different area that i don't hunt so much and had two i was i probably was within 40 yards of two bedded does that stood up and basically came from behind me and uh oh that's where i sat saturday morning yeah not a whole lot going on there um the rest of the night except squirrels there was about a thousand a squirrels. ton of squirrels and uh you out. b now that yeah. you got your tag filled get out there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't want to ruin other people's hunt there you go Just being respectful being a sportsman <laughs> um but my most recent sit so that was sunday night went back to the pig pond sat in a different spot and I saw five bucks and one of them was a slammer did not, uh, did not recognize them. Don't have any pictures of them that I'm aware of. I haven't checked any of my cameras for a few weeks, so maybe I do, but none that I'm aware of. 
Yeah. Um, and he kind of came and did exactly what the majority of the deer that I've seen back there this year have done. When I say the majority, it was really only one other one. And then three, three of the bucks that night did the same thing. So, okay. Which is what they basically dropped off this ridge, came down the bowl and crossed the fence into the neighbors and it right in between two of my trail cameras coincidentally mm, that's interesting and that's one of, that's a i mean that's a great point is like people and i do it too like everybody depends on trail cameras for like real data and they, there's nothing you can replace with actually sitting in the woods oh so i saw i saw five bucks that night and i mean i was sitting within 50 yards of my trail camera every buck i saw was within 75 yards towards my trail camera too and i bet you i didn't get a picture of any of them not a one so just because you're not getting pictures doesn't mean it doesn't paint the whole picture you know right so my plan um my plan tomorrow we got a really nice cold front coming in mm -hmm. i'm Which going thursday the 21st yes yep mm -hmm. um i'm basically gonna do a hanging hunt i might I might put my stand almost in the same tree I have that I have one of my cameras and I'd be able to shoot that trail that most of those deer have been taking and be like a 30 yard shot and also kind of cover another trail that they use a lot kind of right where you and I filmed that one mm. I would be able I'd essentially be splitting the difference right there but I want to get elevated I want to get in a stand just because it's so thick on the ground. I mean, I sat pretty close there when I sat on the ground. And yeah, there's just so much low leaf cover right now that I, I need to get elevated, I think. Gotcha. And hopefully that's going to help. Get in there early, trim a lane or two. Yeah, it's a yeah. perfect, it's, it's, I, I haven't had the opportunity to hunt down in there with the wind we're going to have. It's like a straight north, almost north, northwest which is like so perfect for that bowl. Would this be hunt that you would bring your decoy in? No, no, it's okay. down, down in the woods, in the thick stuff. So you so, still won't bring No, okay. no. Just going to hunt that trail, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the thought there is just hunting the trail and hoping that they do that same path. Yep, exactly. I mean, I'll have, I'll have a grunt call. I'll have, you know, I'll bust out the snort wheeze probably by this time. Yeah mid to late october yeah last resort i'd bust it out <laughs> mm -hmm. it was the was the slammer that you saw was he the last one no he no. was out he was out at just after six o'clock and then i had two other bucks after him the weird the really weird thing is i was sitting there and kind of i am overlooking this big bowl but i'm really not it's kind of there. Like I could see it. Like if a deer walked and I was looking in just the right spot, I'd maybe be able to see it. You know, it's probably 150 yards across. And throughout the afternoon, I probably got in there at like four o'clock throughout the afternoon. I kept like hearing, it was almost like a cough. And actually my brother-in-law was sitting in the field up above and I told him, I said, I was going to wait for him to get in his stand before I dropped in just in case I kicked anything out. And I'd no sooner climbed up into my stand and I got a text from him. He said, oh yeah, you kicked out a small buck, but he's coming back 
he's, he went right back where he's came from. He's coming back to you. I'm like, well, that's weird, you know? And this buck came out and came to this pond and was drinking out of it. And he kept looking behind him, like away from me the whole time. And I was sitting there like, that's weird. I was like, rarely do you kick a deer out and they pull a 180 and come right back in, you know? Mm-hmm. And he kept looking, kept looking, nothing, didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. And then he finally like walked right down in front of me, just 15 yards and then kept going on. And throughout the rest of the afternoon, I kept hearing, it sounded like a cough almost, but I was never able to like pinpoint it. And it was kind of windy, so I couldn't hear it that great. And about the time the wind like started settling down, it was probably quarter to six. It literally, I heard, I was looking the other direction. It sounded like someone did one pull to fire up a chainsaw or like a weed whacker or something. Yeah. It was like, not like a grouse kind of thing, but it was like, it was like I spun around and expected to see someone standing there getting ready to chop a tree down. I was like, what in the hell? And there was nothing. And I'm looking around like, what was that? And finally, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't 15 minutes later this buck I saw him cut across the road hop the fence and then by the time I got my binos on him he was on the neighbors but it's like a big mowed fence row I guess you could call it where there's like 10 yard 10 yards of nothing and I got my binos on him in there and I was like holy shit that's a really nice deer and at first I thought it was Pope to be honest he kind of had a similar kind of frame but it was just like a clean nine point like really nice really nice mass nice height nice everything so i don't know if he was bedded up on that hillside or maybe in that bowl and maybe he was coughing and he had one weird cough at the end and (laughs) shortly after that he stood up and started moving huh it was was interesting yeah yeah that is strange i you know like some of the time like people cough in the woods and they sneeze in the woods and they think they ruin their freaking hunt from it Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I, I, you know, I know when I film you in the stand, you hate when I move around and when I'm like being noisy and stuff and you're getting really out about it, but then you, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, but then like you hear shit like that and you're like, okay. Yeah. Or you hear a raccoon and a buck just like looks over at him and this or they don't even look nuts. Yeah. and that buck's yeah. just like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, no, I've had it. I've had it before. I had a, a walnut drop out of the tree and hit a metal fence post that was like laying at an angle and it sounded like i mean a gong when it hit and at the same time there was like three or four deer out in this alfalfa field just 50 yards from where that thing hit they didn't even pick their heads up it's like okay (laughs) like what the hell right yeah I, i mean sometimes like the things that i try to avoid in the woods are making uh it's just trying to not make human noises. Like, right. I, I mean, really like metal on metal obviously isn't good. Right. But it's also like I have hung a tree stand. The night I almost killed Groot, I hung a tree stand with a ratchet strap mm-hmm. within 70 yards of him. When he stood mm-hmm. up, I ranged him at 64 yards. Yeah. Like I was like, holy shit, there's a giant buck right in front of me. And I know he stood up there because there's a giant rock wall behind him. He couldn't have been anywhere else. Right. So, and it's like, I was sat there and I clicked that thing in. He just didn't seem to like care. Right. You know? Um, so it's, yeah, it's one of those things that's like, uh, you know, I, 
like you see the, the mobile hunting forums and everything, it's like stealth strips and got to be quiet and am steel rope because buckles suck and they're loud and they're noisy. And I understand, I certainly understand that like, I would rather be quiet than loud. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't put the pressure on myself to say I need to be absolutely hundred percent quiet or else my hunt is screwed over. Like it's yeah. done. Yeah. Like no I don't, right. I don't think that matters. I think that is really interesting that he was sitting there coughing. You know, maybe he's got, I don't know. He, maybe he's got Corona. Maybe he's got the vid, man. <laughs> Probably a good thing. You didn't shoot him, dude. Yeah. You would have caught yeah. the vid then. That's true. Don't want to eat should, that. He should hopefully be getting over it by tomorrow. <laughs> has it been 14 days <laughs> uh, yeah oh well that's very exciting that's really nice to, that's that's super exciting that you're going to be able to drop in there and and for everybody parker didn't mention this but he's got three bucks in that area over like 140 inches that are using it regularly so um it's pretty exciting and now to have another one that's in that similar category that like, that's really exciting to be able to get in there after a good cold front. Um, for anybody, is there anything else you want to talk about with your strategies or anything like that? Hopefully, hopefully on Friday there will be, but not right now. All right. Yeah. Hopefully next week we air this and then I can just like tack on by the way, Parker killed it. <laughs> right? I can do that. I'll just like put a cut right here. Yeah. Um, so the so for anybody caring about what what i'm up to um and i don't really talk about myself or anything like that on my podcast much because I, I feel like when i interview people people listen to me talk all the time because i'm in every podcast i don't want to talk about what i'm doing like I, I obviously invited you guys on the podcast to talk about what like your scenarios right and bring your but brenda bring your awesome kill to the table and Parker bring your hunt to the table Thank and you. your knowledge of the ranch and moving the stands and all that. And I don't care about wasting your time. Like the other people I have on the podcast that care about wasting their time. So, so I'll, <laughs> I'll do this. Wow. <laughs> all right, Anthony, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are on here. Um, so yeah, I, uh, so for anybody who cares, um, I am, I've only hunted three times this year. Uh, once on my private ground, which Parker talked me into going deep, um, and going super aggressive, which turned out as a big fat zero. I should have sat my upper stand. Cause I, my original intention was to go in, sit a stand really close to the house, a hanging hunt that I was going to do watch this little Oak flat that these deer like to move through before they hit the fields. Um, and they don't really hit the fields during daylight hours. And I was hoping to just smack a doe. Um, and I jumped the doe that was headed right up to that area, um, at like four 45 when I was dropping in to go to the spot. Anyway, aside from that, I hunted public ground a couple times. Um, didn't, uh, I saw one, uh, one buck, not, not a shooter or anything one night and then nothing the other night, um, and jumped another doe the other time. So I guess I've hunted four times, um, a couple morning sets, a couple afternoon sets. I haven't put a ton of time in because this time of the year, like from, you know, essentially September to late October last year. Uh, well, a, my personal goal this year is I am going to kill a deer on our property. Like I'm killing a doe or a buck. It's been two years. I haven't shot any does because I've been always interested in that scenario of like, what if I shoot a doe and then 
you know, a good buck comes through. Like I don't like, I don't want to screw it up. Right. So I always let all the does walk. Cause I always think I'm in great positions this year. If it's Brown, it's coming in range. It's and it's in range. I'm going to shoot it. The second thing is that, um, I do, I certainly want to put, put a good buck down on the property because we have this awesome little, uh, pedestal in the new cabin. That's great for a mount. And the rule is, is the, is the buck, the most recent buck that's killed on the property goes there until the next buck has been killed. Currently there's an elk sitting there from Colorado. So we've got to, got to change that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, my, my main goal has been to kill my main goal this year has been to kill one on our property. And the first year I didn't really know where to put trail cameras on the property. Brand new property is just kind of throwing them, throwing shit at the wall and hoping it sticked stuck. And it, it, it was okay. Um, and, and a lot of the trail cam data that you get is you always get it as, after the fact, right? You're from cell cam data, unless you're using cell cam data, when you go and check your trail cam two weeks later, three weeks later, you're like, oh, that happened two weeks ago, you know? So last year, um, I set up a couple mock scrapes and I got some phenomenal activity, October 23rd to October 28th. Like that five day window was pretty much every shooter on the property. Um, I recounted them and one of them, I told Parker there were eight. There's actually seven because one of them broke his brow tines. And so he looked like a different deer, but he wasn't. So there's seven. Um, and all these bucks are in like that 130 to 150. There might be one tickling like 155 class, but they're all great bucks. Um, and all seven of them I have on camera in January. So they all lived. No one killed any of them, um, which is great to hear. There's a huge piece of public down the road from us um, that these bucks certainly can travel to. So my hope this year is I've been leaving the entire property lay. I've been spending a lot of time with the family so that when this October 23rd to 28th window hits, I can take it off and, and, and go hunt and hunt hard. Um, so that is coming up. So today, like is, is October 20th. Um, I would love to hunt that cold front tomorrow. They scheduled my work scheduled me for one conference in the fall, just one. And it's in my territory and I have to, I do sales for a software company and my biggest customer is going to be there. And they invited me out to dinner and stuff. So I'm like, I got to go do this, which is the 21st and 22nd. So the, the two cold front days, like you're watching the weather. So I can't do that, but I can get out the 23rd to the 28th. I've already booked that time slot off, marked it off on the personal calendar, marked it off on the work calendar, even marked it off on my wife's calendar. Like I am. <laughs> <Bulletproof>. <laughs> right. I put that up there months ago. So, um, so yeah, we, so that's what I'm up to. I have, I have that scrape. Um, I've actually moved the mock scrape that all these deer were hitting last year turned out to be a terrible wind position. Even it was set up for a Northwest wind, even when it was Northwest West on the radar, it was coming out of the South in this stand. So totally moved. I shifted that mock scrape about 60 yards to the East. And now it's on what we call the, the knob. It's on the tip of the knob, which means that a good West wind. I see you smiling over there, Parker. It's the tip, just the tip. It's right on the tip. Tip of the knob. <laughs> tip of the knob, man. Um, and which means a good West wind when I was, I was in there on a West wind and I have a solid West wind. So I just need a West wind to hunt that. 
and I've already got a couple of good bucks um, using it. I had, uh, I pulled the card in early October um, and uh, I had a couple of bucks fighting smaller bucks, two and a half year olds, but they were in there. And then on one of the other trails, I have another buck I call, I have two, two big eight pointers. One I call high tower, one I call low tower. Um, high tower, he's just, he's a really nice eight point and his brow tines are like seven inches each seven or eight inches. They're really high. Um, and then low tower, same type of rack. Um, his main beams almost touch. They're like four inches apart at the end, but he's got like four inch brow tines or three inch brow tines. So low tower, high tower, both of them I have on camera. And then the other buck that I call blitz, um, cause he's got split brow tines. He's on camera, a really solid, heavy, heavy 10. I think he's the boss in the neighborhood. He is built very, very large. Um, when you see him coming into the mock scrape, he is certainly bigger body wise than almost all the, all the other deer and his rack is just really thick. So he's, he's probably my main, my main focus. Um, and he's currently based on trail camera photos that I pulled in early October. He was living on the neighbors coming into our property, um, through the pie slice through that Northwest corner pie slice. Um, and he was using that new trail that we cut up there and he was accessing this big egg field from there. So he's working that, which is actually going to be, I'm going to sit that on the East wind. So it's on the West side, the far West side of our property. So I'm going to go really early in the morning and shoot all the way over to the West side of our property. I'm going to blow out anything that's right in there, but I don't think, I think they'll still be up in the fields. So I shouldn't really blow out anything. They'll still be up on the top of the ridge. And this is kind of in the bottom. And with an east wind, it'll shoot right up that valley. And, and so if I can set up on the far west fence line, that east wind will be blowing out of our property into the neighbors. And the neighbors is a cattle pasture right there. So oh, not nice. an issue. And I should be able to catch this trail um, that comes yeah. down from the ag fields and kind of J hooks and comes through our property. And if you were at the 3D archery shoot this year, um, it was right where that, um, what was it, the sheep? Or the yeah, ram, yeah. like the black ram. Yeah. Yeah. Cuts right through there. And, um, I followed the trail after I checked my trail camera, I followed this trail. Um, I looked, I checked the trail camera, um, in this pie slice, which is on a trail that goes, the pie slice is West to East. And I don't want to get into why you call it the pie slice. Cause you never, you never know unless you look at a satellite map and I'm not showing that to all y'all. <laughs> so the trail is going North South. And I have this camera on it looking up towards the north and the, the deer are coming from the east, which is the egg fields and moving to the west. And when they move to the west, they drop down through this big ditch. Um, that's like a big washout ditch, probably drops like three, four feet and then comes back up three, four feet. And then they then they keep going to the west until they kind of get to the fence line. Then they drop back south. Um, then they go down the valley a little ways, whatever. When they drop down that ditch and come up, I looked over at that trail and there is a Mondo rub right on that trail. And, and when I checked the cameras, like it's, it's gotta be either the low, low tower or, um, or blitz that made it because big old tree right there. Um, and, and it's right on their travel route, which, which is what the camera was showing me they were taking. So I imagine that's, that's where they're headed. And that's a morning transition for them off that field dropping down and up or it's an evening walk out they're dropping down and then heading up to get out to the field so 
I honestly, if it's an East wind, I'll get on that West fence line and I'll probably pack a lunch and just hang out. Cause I'm already in there yeah. and it's the, it's the furthest part of the property, um, which tends to a lot of the times be the best, like the pig pond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens, but yeah, everybody listening. That's, that's my schedule. I am hunting from the 23rd to the 30th and hopefully going to pin something down. Otherwise I still do have four weeks of PTO. So I'm not fighting work. I am fighting, fighting the family at that point. Oh boy. <laughs> right. Tougher, I'll keep Allie company. Right. Yeah. You got your dear B. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Yeah, and we have, um, and now that we have the cabin too, like we can, we can wrangle up the kids, bring them down and whatnot, hang out for the weekend. Yeah. Whatever it is, but yeah, to everybody listening, that's, that's what I'm up to. And I'm really hoping like, there's a lot of people who say like, if you have trail cam data of a certain buck, that's like never there. And all of a sudden they're there and they're there on very specific days. It almost becomes an annual thing and you can probably catch them on those very specific days. So that's what, that's what I'm hoping for this year. I'm hoping these deer are habitual and they come back to these scrapes. I just posted a, a trail cam video, a video online uh, on Instagram and, and TikTok of um, uh, one day, October 25th, I had four bucks hit the same scrape. So, and one of them was a G2 buck, which is a great buck. Uh, I hope he blew up. I don't have any pictures of him yet, but he's probably close to the 140 mark last year and he's probably and that was probably three and a half years old so i mean he could be a tank this year um and then you have that the blitz who was another nice one and then hightower hit it all three of those shooters hit it on the same day october 25th all within six hours too which is really interesting from 2 to 8 p.m so um that means they were all in that area that means you know they were all traveling right in there and they're up on their feet so I don't know. We'll see what happens. I hope, uh, I hope the East winds change, but <laughs> for now, got to deal with what you're given. Right. So, all right. Well, do you guys have anything else to add before we sign off? No, no, no. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Parker. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's whatever. He's all like I, I consider Parker. him almost like a pseudo co-host because every now and then I'll ask him to pop on for another podcast or whatever. And it's just like during deer season running this podcast, it's been a lot of um a lot of like people kill deer and then I ping them and I'm like, when can you meet? And they're like, I can meet at this specific time. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let me rearrange, let me figure out my schedule and I'll make this yeah. happen. Um so yeah, I haven't been able to get Parker on a lot lately, but Obviously. Well, he hasn't killed any deer yet, yeah, so my you're good. Been <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, one everyone. day for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. One day, one one tag filled. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review. Really, really helps me in rankings um, and helps other people find me. Um, Subscribe if you would as well. That's also very helpful. And I would tell you where to find Brendan Parker, but they're both not on they're both not on socials. So that's totally cool and fine. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to more of a. I feel like this was more of a personal podcast for for me and for you guys because we just know yeah. each other so well. Just a nice chat. Yeah, than it was for um, catching up. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. More of a personal podcast than it was like a, a straight, like info, educational entertainment podcast that I usually have. So I enjoyed it. Um, if you guys enjoy this, please let me know if you like this kind of flip side, kind of like little, I wouldn't say sneak behind the curtain, peek behind the curtain, but I don't know, just more casual, I guess. Um, I always enjoy that. Like I always enjoy listening to podcasts and that like five to 10 minute section when you're listening to a podcast and they like reveal things outside of like the normal podcast that you always hear like, Oh, you know, Steve Ranella actually does like to eat beavers. I, I don't know. I mean, he talks about beavers all the time. Well, that was a terrible example. Yeah, I mean, we love that. squirrels. So <laughs> we eat squirrel egg rolls all the time. Right. Right. Squirrel egg rolls like that. Yeah. Is, that is. Yeah. They're very good. Actually. Dude, the best, I mean, the best squirrel I ever had was last year at man camp Parker. We, we, put those squirrels and rabbit in a crock pot for four hours, took them out, deep fried them and seasoned them. And it could have been just the fact that we were all a little drunk, but man, those things were phenomenal. I will. It took me, it really took me a while to like wrap my head around, like, I'm going to eat a squirrel. Like I just couldn't do it. And Parker made squirrel egg rolls and they are delicious. (laughs) Yeah. I think you can put it. anything in an egg roll and be good though. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I still haven't had squirrel legs though. So maybe, maybe it's just something about the form that it is. And <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. All right. Well, hey everyone. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, Parker, I will see you this weekend. I'll probably swing by the ranch. Sounds good. You're hunting Saturday and Sunday. If you don't fill out your tag by then, <laughs> I, I hope you fill it. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch you guys later.